just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. I'm cool. I'm good. <laughs> we got a lot of things to talk about on the show, This, so I try not to dick around too much up front. First of all, I'm getting some people saying to me, hey, I love your TikToks, but I don't like it when you swear. I get it, man. There are people that hate swearing. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I'll do my best to not swear, but what you see on TikTok or anyplace else is me. That's me, Mike. I swear. And what I do on TikTok, what I decided to do on TikTok is try to be the authentic me. I'm not going to try to do things to follow trends or try to get followers. I'm, make, I'm, I'm, I'm creating an experiment here. I'm just doing what I do, acting like who I am and see what happens. And to be perfectly honest with you, so far on TikTok, it's worked pretty well. I've got a, quite a number of followers. Now, I wouldn't call myself a big creator on TikTok. I'm doing pretty well. But there are a lot of bigger creators out there that have 150,000 followers, 350,000 followers, a million followers, even 2 million followers. Now, my goal has never been to collect followers. That said, I enjoy seeing my followers' numbers grow. I feel like I'm accomplishing something when I get more people to follow and, and appreciate or get mad about what I say. So I try to just do what I do. And I understand you're not liking me swear. I spent years in radio and I had to force myself not to swear on the radio and I can do it. But again, that wouldn't go along with what I'm trying to do here and being as authentic as possible. You see, when you go on TikTok or some of these other platforms, you see all kinds of people being different than who they are. They dance, they lip sync, they look sexy, they look smart, they look dumb, they look mean. But that isn't necessarily them. That's always been my problem with radio. Like for years, I spent being a traffic reporter uh, with the Department of Transportation and a radio station. For years, I was on every 10 minutes and... Uh, People who listened for 27 years or whatever felt like I was a friend, a buddy, a confidant, somebody who provided them information. And that's cool. That's who I was, and that's who I wanted to be. But when I'd meet them outside of the radio, <laughs> the first question they'd always ask me, hey, how's traffic? Well, I don't know how fucking traffic is. I'm not there. I don't really care. I'm just there to provide info. So I became identified as this traffic guy. And while I appreciate it because it worked with the radio thing, I wasn't too fond about it because I'm not a traffic guy. I'm Mike. I do what I do. I say what I say. And they didn't know who I was authentically. So I said, if I'm going to do something in the media, I'm just going to be me. Now, everybody in the world could hate me, but I'm going to be me. People might like it, but I'm going to be me. So let's talk about some of those those big creators here. Now, I have no animosity toward any big creator. In fact, I watch a lot of them. I appreciate what they're doing. I respect how they're doing. 
and they're getting a lot of followers for it. So they're being successful on TikTok. Now, a lot of these big creators are becoming nervous and upset and mad because they're getting a lot of videos taken down. They're getting banned for 24 hours or sometimes permanently. And then you have to appeal to TikTok and hope against hope that they'll see this is all wrong and they'll put you back up. And it does happen. They get put back up or videos get put back up. But it's a lot of hassle and it pisses these big creators off. Now, they have big following, so they think they have some clout and maybe they do. But they're getting mad at TikTok. And they can get mad at TikTok, and that is part of the problem. That isn't where the real problem lies. But my point is, is some of these big creators have said, well, I'm going to jump over to Clapper. That's cool. Find another platform. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, other platforms. TikTok is the one that gives me the most action, the most visibility, and the most followers. So that's where I'm kind of wanting to stay for the moment until I can build up a bigger audience here on the podcast. Because really, this is my safe spot. This is the place I feel the most comfortable. This is what I want to do. This is really my alternate platform to TikTok should something happen. But it takes time to build up a podcast, and I'm willing to do that, and I'm just going to be me. But because these big creators are having troubles... They're looking for another platform, and Clapper is that platform, which I thought was strange at first because when Clapper first came out, it was pretty much overwhelmed with right uh, right crazies, you know, the Republicans, the Trumplicans, the people that were just on the crazy right. I said, why would you pick Clapper? Well, I guess they picked Clapper because Clapper is pretty much identical to what TikTok is. Now, I'll grant you, right now, it's a shittier version. Quality and all those things and functionality, it is a shittier version. But if more and more people go to Clapper, then they can improve those things. And it is an alternative platform. And I think some of these big creators are hoping that they can scare TikTok and make it better for them there by a lot of people going to Clapper. And maybe it can. But I got a lot of people coming to me and saying... Are you going to Clapper? You should go to Clapper. Why aren't you going to Clapper yet? And at first I thought, you know what? I don't like to join teams. I don't like to be part of the in crowd because usually the in crowd sucks. But then I thought to myself, well, I mean, I could go to Clapper. It's not that big a deal. I'm not going to jump ship from TikTok, but I can put some stuff on Clapper as kind of a backup, if you will. But the thing is, as much as I'm doing on TikTok, I'm not getting videos taken down in mass. I'm not getting banned for 24 hours or permanently. So I don't really have those problems, so it makes no sense for me to jump ship right now and start screaming, everybody go to Clapper. I don't really want to go to Clapper. I took some time and built some things up in TikTok. I'd like to stay there and continue to build. But if somebody says, I'm going to take this away from you, yes, you have to do that. You have to go to Clapper. I'm fortunate that I don't have that issue as yet. And the question is, why don't I have that issue? And I think I know. It's because I handle my my viewers differently than a lot of these people do. 
I think a lot of people do their TikToks and they become emotional and they are invested. So they're ready to fight for their right to speak. Well, nobody's taking away your right to speak until they start taking down your videos and start banning you. But why are they doing that? Now, maybe because I'm smaller than some of these bigger creators, maybe I'm flying under the radar. That could be. And I don't mind that. The fact that I have 82,000 followers is far more than I ever expected. And if I don't get to 100,000 or a million, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I do and see what happens. Mine is built kind of slowly, and I think that's the way to do it. Build the followers and do the best job you can. But I have a little different tact with my trolls, the negative followers. Now, I have no problem with people that think differently than I or want to argue the point that I'm making in the TikTok or wherever. I'm glad to debate it with you if you're going to be reasonable and respectful and decent and have some intelligent responses to questions or intelligent questions to me. It's when you start spewing attacks and conspiracy theories and ridiculous shit, then you're of no value to me, no value to my page. At that moment in time, I immediately block you. And the reason I block you isn't because I'm angry, because they think differently than me. No, I'm blocking you because you're stupid, because you're not adding anything to the page. And I know you're dangerous. You're a risk for me to keep you on my page. Because a lot of these Trumplicans, as stupid as they are, they have organized a little bit. They find somebody who has a lot of clout, who has a lot of opportunity to get their voice out, and they get mad at him. And instead of trying to compete with him with facts, they go after him and try to take him down. And that's what they do. Now, I'm not saying I know everything about how TikTok works, but for me, I understand how it works. Somebody gets in an argument with you and then goes to TikTok and they lose and they go to TikTok and say, this guy's mean. He's got nudity. He's got this. You need to take him down. Now, from my experience in this platform and other kind of sales platforms, what happens immediately is TikTok hasn't heard your TikTok video. They don't know what you said, but they got a complaint. So they immediately have to take you down is what they do. And then you have to appeal it. And I know this is the way it works. People will argue with me about this, but I know how this is how it will work because I've done it before. I've had somebody who was arguing with me then have a video taken down. So I figure, well, what did I do? I appeal it and I'm upset at TikTok and all that stuff, but it's not really TikTok. It is because they took you down. But the reason they took you down isn't because they were watching and didn't like what you said. They took you down because some other clown said you said something bad and they take it down and they figure you'll appeal it. Then they'll take a look at it because that's all they have time for if they have time for that. And then they'll reinstate it. But by the time they reinstate the video, it's kind of taken the sting out of the whole thing, and it really just fades away. So basically what you've done is you've fallen in line with the strategy of these dumb fucking Trumplicans. Now, if you get really big and they hate you, they organize. Yeah, these dumb shits organize like they did for the insurrection. They get 10 people, 50 people, 100 people to all 
complain against that creator, banning their videos, making all kinds of claims. Now, the only thing TikTok can do, because they can't watch every video, they immediately shut it down. And then it's up to you to get back your account or get back your video. So if we know the Trumplicans are doing that, if we know the trolls are actively going after certain creators and trying to take them down, how do you handle that? And I'm afraid, now don't get me wrong, I'm not going to tell big creators how to do this shit because the fact of the matter is they got hundreds of thousands of followers. Clearly they know something I don't. But the problem is, is with their page, they become too precious with their page. They come, become too invested. Their ego gets hurt when these trolls hit. So what do they do? They get emotional. And then they engage in arguments. And therein lies the problem. These people are not only trolls, but they're a risk to my page. So I do not engage with them. I immediately block them. Because once I block them, they can't see what I'm doing, so it's impossible for them to complain and try to get my videos taken down. I've said I've blocked thousands of Trumplicans. People say, that's not possible. Oh, yeah, it's fucking possible because that's part of my job on TikTok now. I do what I do, but I also take down these Trumplicans because I know, depending on what I say or how I say it, and I get enough people watching it, they're going to try to take me down. Now, I'm not a big creator, but I can get, I've had as big as five or 600,000 people view a video, regularly get 20 to 30,000 people that watch a video. Almost every video gets anywhere between six and 10,000 people watching videos. It's a lot of people, a lot of good people, but those trolls creep in. And the moment I see a troll, I block them. Now people will say, don't you want to talk to them? Fuck no, I don't want to talk to them. I want to be able to express what I have to say, exercise my First Amendment right. I don't give a fuck about the trolls because they're worthless to me. They are dangerous to me. And now what I care about is the people that want to hear what I have to say. They may agree with me. They may slightly disagree with me. Those are the people I want to talk to. It's about bringing people of a like mind together as opposed to fighting with these fucking clowns. Because if you get emotional and you fight with these fucking clowns, they're going to come back at you and they're not going to be fair about it. So what I'm telling you, what some of these big creators do, they see these trolls and they want to argue with them. Maybe it's their ego because they can't feel good about these trolls saying what they're doing and they're absolutely stupid normally. Or maybe they feel like it'll create drama that will get them more views. It's like, you know, I'll take questions from time to time from people, but I'll never take a, take a negative question and put it up and do a video about it. Because if I take a question and somebody said something stupid and I rip them apart, well, naturally they're going to try to get that video taken down because I've made them look stupid. So why would I do that? I get normal questions. I'll answer those questions. I'll be respectful and nice to people who are respectful and nice. But if you're not nice, I'm not even going to give you the time of day. I'm not going to offer you any oxygen at all. So 
that's what I'm going to continue to do. Yes, I am on clapper. Yes, I succumb to peer pressure. But I'm not doing it because I want to jump from TikTok to Clapper. People are asking me that. Oh, I'm glad you jumped over to Clapper. I didn't jump over to Clapper. I'm not sold on Clapper. I don't see the action I see on TikTok. I don't think it's as good an app as TikTok, but I'll go do it because it's fairly simple for me. I don't put a lot of time into my videos. I see a story. I dig into it, find as much information as I can. I kind of formulate the video in my mind, edit it a couple times, do it two or three times, and that's what it is. It's not a big process for me. So for me to do it on TikTok and then do it on Clip, uh, Clapper, I don't really care. It's one thing about some of these big creators that that kind of bother me too. You'll see people with two, 300,000 people or more that are their followers, and somebody will say something mean to them. You're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, or whatever. And they'll come on and do a video and and be crying and say, I can't believe so many people are mean. Are you fucking kidding me? If you're reaching 250,000 people and you think nobody's going to be mean, come on. And if you're taking to heart what these fucking clowns say, come on. You know better than that. Either you're too sensitive or you're again trying to use it for drama to get views. goes back to what I said. I'm going to be my authentic self. I don't give a fuck what people say about me. I can't care. Because people will say, I want everybody to like me. And then they'll do things to make those people like them. But you know what? They may act like they like you. But later on, they're going to say, fuck that guy. He's an idiot. So why try so hard? There are going to be people that don't like you. Don't use it for clout. Don't use it because you're overly sensitive. If you're overly sensitive, you shouldn't be doing this. All my years of radio, I had a lot of people that liked me, some people that didn't like me. I couldn't take it to heart because it would ruin everything I was trying to do because then I'd try to alter what I was doing so that I wouldn't offend everybody. But by not offending a certain crowd, now I'm diminishing what I'm doing for the people who do like me. People talk about trends and strategies and hashtags and all that stuff. I'm not doing that. I'll put some hashtags out there occasionally. But it's just me being me. I'm willing to let the chips fall where they may and uh, just be me. (laughs) It's... uh, it's interesting watching the creators and then jumping to cl- uh, Clapper. And God bless them. If they want to go to Clapper, that's fine. If that's what they need to do. But if you were thinking and doing it the right way, you wouldn't have to go to Clapper. You wouldn't be getting taken down. Don't engage with these dumb fucks. Don't argue with them because they know they can't win, so now they're going to attack you. I choose not to allow them the opportunity to attack me. I have that option by blocking them, and I do. And hence, I'm not getting videos taken down, nor am I getting banned. It's all about using common sense out here. People always say, well, I have my First Amendment right. You do. I do. But understand, there are always consequences to the things you say. If you're willing to accept those consequences, cool. I mean, I say some things and people say he swears too much or he's an asshole or he's this. Okay, you want to feel that way? I don't care. 
I care about being able to get what I have to say out there and addressing the people that do like me or do follow or do feel common insights that we are people of a like mind. Those are the people I care about. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really, really interesting what's going on out there. And I'll go on Clapper if people want me to go on Clapper. I'll do what I do on TikTok. It'll be the same shit. You go to Instagram and watch my Instagram. It's the same stuff. I have what I have to say. I'm going to be me. And no matter where you go, you're going to get the same thing. And if I need Instagram or Clapper as a backup just in case, I get that. I will do that. But I'm not jumping ship to Clapper because I'm not all that impressed with it yet. I appreciate the big creators going over there. I'll watch them over there. But I'm really kind of more focused on TikTok until such time that I can't be focused on TikTok. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about proof that Donald Trump abuses power. We're going to talk about proof that he's a piece of shit. And we're going to prove that it is a pattern for him, which says a lot about his criminality. We're going to talk a little bit about Simone Biles, too, because I'm a little frustrated with that whole story. So we're going to take a quick break here, and we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Before we get to the meat of it all, let's talk about Simone Biles. Of course, she's one of the greatest uh, gymnasts in history of the world. She's won just about everything. She's already won a gold medal back in 2016. But she came to the 2021 Olympics. And I'll be honest with you, I love Simone Biles. I appreciate everything she accomplished. But as I was watching her out there, I thought, man, something's off. Something's weird because this woman is always perfection. And she's making mistakes that some of the younger gymnasts are making. So I thought that right away, but I didn't think much about it. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe something else was going on in your head on that day. But clearly this is something that was affecting her throughout the Olympics. She wasn't doing her best. Then she comes out and said, you know what? I'm backing out of this. It's a mental health situation. I'm getting something called the twisties, which I presume is pretty much like a golfer when he gets the yips. Something's going on here in your head. You're not connecting. You're either nervous. You have anxiety. And we know that Simone Biles is taking some medication to deal with anxiety or depression or whatever it is. And that's fine. But what you have to understand is Simone Biles is 24 years old, and in her young life, she spent her entire life under pressure because she has to perform. And she performs at a very high level. And the higher level she performs at, the more pressure it is. Now, when she came into the Olympics, I have to think that her pressures were probably somewhat, 
that she put on herself. She's filming a documentary. She has endorsements. Now she has to do the Olympics and perform at her peak ability. Well, with a lot of things like that on your head, it's hard to keep things straight, especially if you're naturally nervous about things like this. You're taking medication. That could affect your your ability to perform your athletic endeavor. So she got to a point and said, something's not connecting in my head. I got to back out. It's for the good of the team, and it's the good of my safety. Let's be honest. If you've got a disconnect in your mind going on, and you're doing a triple flip twist, whatever the fuck, that could be dangerous. You could land on your head, be injured, or killed. So naturally, that was a good choice for her to step back and say, yeah, maybe this isn't the right time. I respect her for doing that. She has no responsibility to go out there and work no matter what she does. I mean, people think she owes us a gold medal. She is competing as an Olympian for America. But she also has a responsibility to herself and to her team. Now, what I find strange is there's a bunch of people out there that are saying, oh, she's a quitter. She needs to do this. She needs to toughen up. I'm mad at her. She's a sociopath. Somebody actually said that. And I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck are you? I mean, this woman from childhood has excelled in everything she's done. She's won tournaments and world world championships and all this sort of thing. She won the gold medal in 2016. She actually won it. She did it. My question would be, why would she do it again in 2020? She didn't really need to prove anything. But she's 24, still capable, and still very good. So it's natural that she'd try it again. But the fact that she backed out is making people angry. Why? What business is it of yours of what she decides to do? And that's just more pressure you're putting on this poor woman. Why does she have to be ridiculed when she does what she thinks is best? Oh, she's a quitter. Well, she's not a quitter. She made a good choice based on the evidence she was dealing with for her own safety and for her own team. Let's be honest. She backed out. Suni Lee wins the best all-around gymnast and gets a gold medal. I think that's a good thing. Simone Biles probably isn't going to come back in the next Olympics. She'll be 28 years old. And uh, that's getting up there when it comes to gymnastics. She may come back. She's that good. But I'm really having trouble with people being mad at her for stepping back. Not your business. Not your choice. You can't pin all your hopes and dreams on one young woman and be mad when she says, man, I can't do this. I mean, what about Roberto Duran when he was fighting Sugar Ray Leonard and he said, no moss. This is a guy with the hands of stone. He was the toughest guy on the planet. But for whatever reason, he stopped. Or how about Sonny Liston when he fought Muhammad Ali? He got to a point and said, I'm not coming out of the corner. What about the football players and basketball players that turn an ankle and say, yeah, I can't play? 
Nobody yells at them. Nobody gives them shit. But Simone Biles, she's going to get shit. So my my message to the people that are haters of Simone Biles, she's accomplished more than you could ever hope to accomplish. She's done more for this country than you could ever hope to do for this country. And if you're mad at her because she backed out of a situation where she felt uncomfortable or unsafe, you're mad about that? Fuck you. Fuck you. Leave the woman alone. She's done a lot. And if she doesn't feel comfortable or safe, she has that opportunity. She doesn't owe you anything. She doesn't owe this country anything. She's already given you in this country a lot. Anyway, that's my thoughts on Simone Biles. I think she's an incredible woman. She's done incredible things, and she should be lauded for those. (laughs) Now, let's talk about somebody who's done nothing but bad for this country. Of course, Donald Trump. I talk about him a lot. I always talk about him because, and people ask me, why do you always talk about him? I said, Donald Trump's more than just a bad politician. Donald Trump is more than a bad guy. He's tried to destroy this country, undermine democracy, overthrow the government. I've said this to a lot of people. I'm 61 years old. My wife and I are pretty well set for the rest of our life. I don't mean we're rich, but we're set as far as our incomes and what we're going to do and what we don't have to do. So I'm not worried about the country for my sake or for my wife's sake. I am worried about what will leave in this country for my kids' sake and my granddaughter's sake and my grandson's sake, because what's going on now is certainly detrimental to the United States of America, and I don't want to see it take a shit before I'm gone. I would hope that I was born in 1960 and we had our issues all through the 60s. I would hope that by the time I die, me and my people, the boomers, could possibly leave this country better off than when we found it. That should be the goal of every generation. I've said that with my kids. I told my kids and I've told other people, my goal in life with my two sons was to make them better men than me. Now, my sons will say to me, well, you already did that, so you're good. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm kidding. My kids and I always give each other shit. They've grown up to be intelligent, handsome, successful men. So for me, I feel like I've accomplished the main thing I need to accomplish in my life. Raise my kids to be better men than me. But for this to work... Now, they have to raise their kids to be better people than them, and so on and so forth. That's the way we make this country better. Unfortunately, we have shitty parents making their kids shittier than them, and that continues on. I've always said the core of all our problems in this country are shitty parents, and we have a lot of them. So for me, I tried to be a good parent. I didn't have a lot of... uh, A lot of experience from my father, but my mom was awesome, and my grandparents were awesome, so I had a lot of good role models. And I believe I made my kids better men than me. And if they do what I did, then this country has some hope. Donald Trump's done everything he can to damage this country to benefit himself. And now we have some proof. It's always, 
you know, people try to duck and hide and say that didn't really happen or, or the insurrection didn't happen. But now the DOJ has put out some documents showing that Donald Trump is a piece of shit, that he is a criminal, and that he is working against this country and only working for himself. Documents came out saying it's now, well, it's now known that Donald Trump was calling the interim AG, the U.S. AG, Rosen, about overturning the election of December 2020. He was telling him to do this and that and the other thing and and uh, encouraging him. He was calling him every day to get him to do this. Now, this specifically is illegal. This specifically is wrong morally and legally. But that's what he was doing. And it came out in documents from the DOJ, the DOJ that he was overseeing when he was president. Now, when A.G. Rosen, the reason A.G. Rosen was there is because Barr took a fucking powder. He didn't want to deal with this shit anymore because he knew it was a shit show. He already had enough problems. But A.G. Rosen kept saying to Donald Trump that he didn't have the power to overturn an election. So what does Donald Trump do? Trump says, well, just go out there and call it corrupt. Call the election corrupt. And I'll do the rest, and my people in Congress will do the rest. Now, in that particular sentence, he didn't mention any pers- uh, any particular congressman or congresswomen. But earlier in some of the documents, he talked a lot about Jim Jordan, because he's a fighter. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, who's an absolute fucking idiot. And Scott Perry. And, of course, there are others. He'd already kind of aligned himself with these congressmen got them to support him, to say and do anything, to support anything he said or did. So once you have one bad apple like Donald Trump, now it's spreading amongst Congress. And he said, yeah, I don't care if you find anything. Just say you're investigating it. Because you see, that's how Donald Trump works. He's worked his his goal isn't to do anything particular. No, he's not a detail-oriented guy. It's to put it out there, put some news stories out there, getting viewers to watch it that the AG is saying, oh, this is corrupt. Now, that wouldn't have changed anything that legally, but it would have caused a mess, a bigger mess than we have now in this country about this whole big lie bullshit. But here's the thing. And here's where the problem comes in for Donald Trump. That's a bad thing. That's illegal. That's enough to get you impeached. That's enough to get you in trouble and maybe indicted after you're president. But with Donald Trump, this appears to be a pattern. It's a pattern. Consider this. Okay, he calls A.G. Rosen and he says, uh, overturn the election. Or at least just say it's corrupt. Well, it's funny. Because it sound, that call, or calls, sounds a lot like the calls he made to the AG in Georgia after the election. He said, all I'm asking for is 11,000 votes. He's basically saying, I don't care if it's uh, corrupt or not. Find 11,000 votes so I can win Georgia. Well, of course, they didn't take to that. And now there's an investigation, a criminal investigation into Donald Trump and those around him 
about what he did in Georgia. That call sounds very much like the calls that uh, he made to A.G. Rosen. You see the pattern here? He calls A.G. Rosen. Do something to make it look like I won. Then he calls Georgia. He says, find me 11,000 votes, no matter what you have to do, so I can win Georgia. Now, we know he did that in Georgia because we heard the audio tape, the recording of the phone call. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He did it. They're investigating him, and there's likely to be an indictment there. But again, this is all about a pattern. A fucking pattern. Because that call sounds a lot like the call he made to the Ukraine president, Zelensky, prior to the election. He wanted Zelensky Zelensky to find dirt on Joe Biden. He feared Joe Biden. He knew Joe Biden could win Pennsylvania. That would mean bad things for Donald Trump. So he's been fearing Biden from the beginning, even before Biden decided he was going to run. He figured he'd be the candidate for the Democratic Party, and he needed to do something to shut that guy down even before he got to the election, because he knew when the election came that he was going to have trouble against Joe Biden. So what do you do? You make Joe Biden look bad so you didn't have to deal with it, so you can game the situation. This is how Donald Trump does everything. He doesn't fight fair, play fair in anything he does. He tries to game it ahead of time or lie about it after the fact. So he goes to Zelensky, the Ukraine president, and said, find dirt on Joe Biden. When it became obvious that Zelensky wasn't going to do that. That was a stupid thing for Zelensky to do. He needed America on his side, and he knew the chances of Trump winning were slimmer than better. So if he does that and goes after Joe Biden and Joe Biden becomes president, well, now the Ukraine and the president have some serious fucking problems. You've got a guy that you tried to undermine illegally, and now he's president of the United States. So are you going to get help from this guy? Probably not. So Zelensky wasn't going to do that. So what did Donald Trump say? Donald Trump said, well, just say you're having an investigation. Again, because it goes back to he doesn't care about the details. He doesn't care about follow through. All he wants is it in the news so people can see it, so he can change people's minds, so he can create some credibility issues. If Zelensky goes out and said, we're investigating Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, because this is terrible, and they don't do the investigation, it doesn't matter to Donald Trump. Because as he said to A.G. Rosen, I'll take it from here. My buddies in Congress will take it from here. And that all that means is they whip up all this bullshit news, cause question in people's minds, and that was their goal. They figured that was the way they could win. And that's what they did. And that's what they wanted Zelensky to do. Fortunately, intelligently, for the Ukraine president, he didn't do that. And now we have information, documents, and uh, recordings of him doing just that. So think about that. Each one of these things is criminal activity. But in addition to criminal activity, people are looking, like in the DOJ and in courts and things like that, they're looking for patterns. This is clearly a pattern. A.G. Rosen, tell people the election is corrupt. The A.G. in Georgia, uh, look, man, uh, find me 11,000 votes. 
and the president of Ukraine find some dirt on Joe Biden. This is how Donald Trump plays the game. This is how he wins. This is how he's won for years, for decades. He puts pressure on people. People say, well, he's never been caught before. What the hell do you think is going to happen now? Well, you have to understand, we're under different circumstances. When he wasn't president, he could throw money around or influence around and do all kinds of things and have it covered up or fly under the radar, and that's what he did. But he made an ultimate mistake by running for and winning the presidency because he could no longer fly under the radar. Now, all the time he was as president, he couldn't really be indicted or held accountable to anything, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and something that needs to be changed, but that is what it is. He's now been out of office for six months, and this is what I try to tell people, try to get them to understand. You can't say he hasn't been caught for five years or for decades before because we're in a different time right now. People don't like Donald Trump as much anymore. Back when Donald Trump wasn't president, people really didn't have an opinion other than he's this goofy guy on television. So they didn't necessarily love him or hate him, that he was just there. When he was president, he was protected, but now he's not president, now he's not protected, and people fucking hate him, including the 81 million people that voted against him. That's a lot going against you. And of the 74 million that voted for him, only a fraction of them really still follow them because a lot of those people who voted Republican was because that's all they do is vote Republican. They don't appreciate or believe or stand behind the things Donald Trump says. It's not 74 million people that love Donald Trump. It's a base of about 30%, which is a lot, which is troubling. But it's not enough to save his ass. And things are coming to pass. And because everything is different right now, what Donald Trump will experience is totally different. You can't compare it to the past. This is a different story. So don't tell me nobody's done anything for five years or for the decades before. That doesn't count. That's a different situation. We're now in a different situation from those times, and people are mad. And information is coming out. All these years, people said, show us the taxes. He would never show the taxes. I'm under audit. I'll show them, but never did. And the reason he doesn't want to show his taxes are a couple of reasons. He's a tax cheat. He is a tax cheat. And it's also going to prove that he's not as wealthy as he claims to be, which is the ultimate concern of his, because he's all about image, how he's powerful. And he can't be powerful if he's not really a billionaire. He can't be powerful in his mind if he, all he is is in debt. This is also going to show, the taxes are going to show that uh, where he's getting the money from. And that's a big issue, and that's why he should have exposed what he was doing as far as with Russia and China. Because that would indicate if he's deferring to those people, that's a bit illegal too. But we could never see it, and the Republicans were not going to push us to see it. So we're going to find out that he did get money from Russia, and that he did have uh, something he owed Putin. So that's why he deferred to Putin. And any time you have a president that defers to a world leader, especially an adversary like uh, Putin, that is a problem for democracy. 
and that is going to be exposed. Now, some people have said, didn't they already let the uh, taxes out? Yes, they did, but it only went to the DOJ. It only went to the Manhattan District. Yeah, they got it. They're using that to put together the indictments. We got the Trump Organization and we got the CFO indicted. It's not done yet. Look for the family. Look for ultimately Donald Trump to be indicted because they got his taxes. He's a tax cheat. We know he's a tax cheat. We know he, he creates fraud with insurance. All kinds of things are going. But yes, the tax records were released to the courts. But the courts are never going to say, oh, here, look at this. Put it in the newspaper. This is what Donald Trump did. What they're going to do is keep it to themselves, make their cases, and try to go for indictments and convictions. But now what the DOJ has said, it's okay that the DOJ uh, must give the tax records to Congress, to the House of Ways and Means. And that's important. It's going to help in whatever investigation they do, but it's more likely to come out to us. Now, I want you to understand something. People will say to me, what's going to come out of this select committee investigation? What's going to happen? If you think they're going to go through this and come up with uh, evidence that Donald Trump is a crook or Jim Jordan's a crook and that they're going to handcuff him and haul him out of uh, the House of Representatives, you're not getting it. What really is happening with the House of Representatives and this select committee is its exposure. Now, they could expel some congressmen. They could censure or sanction certain people. But this isn't a court case. This is about getting the information out to the public so we all know what's happening. And that's been Donald Trump's key to doing what he's doing by keeping information from us and lying to us. This is about exposure. Now, from that exposure, there may be some legal actions. But the fact of the matter is almost anything that's going to be exposed is probably already being investigated. And indictments will probably come from that. Don't look at the select committee as a court. It is not a court. It's an opportunity to expose all that happened, all that is true, all that is criminal. If you look at it like that, you won't be disappointed by what happens. The first and foremost thing, we got to know what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and the effects from it happening. That's what the select committee is about. The courts will do what they do. They're already doing what they do, but courts don't tell you what they do because they have a case they want to win. This is an opportunity for us to know what happened. And that is absolutely crucial to the future of this country. Because once we understand what the Republicans did, what Donald Trump did, that's going to have a huge impact on what happens on 2022. That's why I keep saying, don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Republicans are going to win in the Senate and the House. As I've said before, this is a different time. This is a different set of circumstances. This isn't like history has ever been. It's common for the opposite party to win in 2022, but not necessarily now because it's different. Because between now and 2022, there's going to be a lot exposed about the Republican Party, about congressmen, about senators, about Donald Trump himself. So don't buy into the fact, well, it always happened before. It's going to happen this way in 2022. It's not. 
There's too much different going on. There's too much bad and too much exposure yet to come. So be patient. It's all going to work out. Nothing in government moves fast, but it does move and it's hard to stop once it begins. Not even Donald Trump can stop it. I'm going on and on here. I talk too much about Clapper and all that other bullshit, but we're going to wrap it up now and uh, move on. We've got another podcast coming up very shortly, so we'll talk about more stuff. Thank you for listening. Uh, Don't forget to uh, make comments or ask questions. Uh, You can email me at uh, rationalboomer at gmail.com. You can go to anchor.fm, go to Rational Boomer, and leave me a voicemail. I hope you have a great start to the week, and I'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.